zone. Times in our life, we all have pain. We all have sorrow. Trust. All right, let's go. <clears throat> Welcome back, y'all. Episode 30, 37 or 38 of the Zachary Wingate podcast, where we go 365 days of podcasting. You know, like, where's the journey? Show me the journey. I think essentially this is an experiment to see what happens if you put time in. When I was a intern on Capitol Hill back in the day when I was like 20, I interned for a senator, Senator Blanche Lincoln. And what she told me whenever she was winning her race is they had two, you have two things if you want to become a senator, is time or money. And they had no money. So all they had was time. So they put all the time into the campaign they could and she won it. So that's kind of the mentality I'm thinking with this podcast is time. So today it's a random rambling you can't already tell. So let's get in it. All right, so what do I want to talk about today? I mean, where do I begin? There's a couple things that I just want to kind of vent out there. First of all, I'm staying in this house in Ecuador, and we had a car, and the car broke down. And sometimes, like, cooking here is, like, different because, I don't know, usually our house manager, Lady Alba, cooks all the food, and when she doesn't, we don't have any leftovers, so then I don't have any food. So then what I normally do is call Uber, which is hilarious because... Like, here I'm in Ecuador using Uber to get food, but where I stay, there's, like, I'm, like, a quarter mile away from the security guard gate, and they don't let motorcycles in here for fast food for whatever reason, so I got to walk up there. And usually I got to walk up there, and I'm already hungry, you know, and, and, you know, I worked out today, and my CrossFit workout was just insane. I was doing stuff that I'm like, you know, no normal person would do this in a workout, but I did. that's besides the point. I mean, I am doing 50 squats, okay, in less than two minutes with, like, I don't even know how much weight it was. It was 35 plus 35, which is like 135 pounds, I think, is the weight. I could be off. And then I did 50 American kettlebell swings with 55 pounds at the beginning of it. I ran 400 meters. At the end, I ran 400 meters. And I had to do back squats because I can't do front squats. So I had to flip it around, and I was doing a power clean into a squat um, long story short, I didn't make the 15 time cap and it really pissed me off. But anyways, I digress. So I'm walking to get food and there's this dog that is at this house and there's a hole in the gate and I always know it's going to be there. And today, you know, the little a-hole ran out and he almost tried to bite me. I was throwing like jujitsu kicks, like jujitsu, I'm sorry. I was throwing kung fu kicks like I was freaking Bruce Lee. You know, the thing got so close. And I don't know if y'all know this, but I've been bitten by seven dogs. So dogs naturally just freak me out. Not like now, but as a kid. Uh, like in, in 2000, I was bit by a dog. And it like bit me on my bootay. And it was really crazy because me and my buddy Colin and I think Josh Vale were walking up Howe Street. 
And I spent a lot of time, I was born and raised in Arkansas, and I live in this town called Eureka Springs, and there's tons of mountains. And we're walking up this mountain at 13, and I'm wearing these, like, Jinko jeans I got from TJ Maxx. I don't even know what they were. They're off-brand, but they remember they are really, really, like, durable. They are like, three layers deep on the denim. And I'm walking up this road, and I see this crazy-looking thing coming down. And I thought it was actually a bride wearing a dress because... People get married a lot in this town in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. It's beautiful. I suggest everybody go there. And there's three of us, and we're all walking kind of like linear. And Josh is probably about five feet in front of Colin. I'm about five feet behind Colin. And this dog is all of a sudden, like what it is, is this huge dog called a Boris Yors. Boris Yors anyways. It looks like a huge white wolf with shaggy hair. It is walking down, and... Because I was in the last, what really happened is Colin Foster ran because he was scared of the dog. And then I sped up and the dog like turned around and bit me in the arse. And like when you get bit in the arse by a dog when you're 13, I mean, it's a big deal, I guess. So we went to this little party. It was like obviously like a little high school party. Everybody was laughing. I went to my mom, told her and come to find out. The gentleman who has these dogs had this track record of legit dogs biting kids. And and it was, I'm not even going to paint the detail, but it was like super serious. And the dog bit me. And like the next day I had to go into the police station and take pictures of my arse. So like the cops were taking pictures and laughing. And they had to do it. They had to like kill the dog in order to perform a test to make sure I didn't have rabies. And then the guy who had the dog died like four weeks later. It was like the craziest thing. But like, so whenever I go walk to get food, I see his dog, like I'm not, I'm like, not again, not today. Never forget. And it pissed me off. But what else? So essentially, I don't know if y'all know those two, born and raised in Arkansas, Razorback fan, Arkansas is ranked in the top 10 of the AP poll, and I can tell you one thing. As a Razorback fan, I cannot tell you what it means to see this. It's almost like we're like living in a different timeline because five years ago, whenever I met my wife and I used to watch the Razorback games, they lost all the time. Like they lose, they were so bad that my wife's dad always posts on Facebook. And one time he posted this random video of this this team returning a punt and the whole team was surrounded around it and they pick up the ball the other team ran in the end zone and the team was the Razorbacks I mean that's how bad the Razorbacks were and like if you look at how we have changed our program in two weeks or three years two to three years I gotta give it to Sam Pittman I mean this guy comes in okay and the uh, the athletic director god I can't even remember his name let me Google it real quick. Okay, so Hunter Vudicic is his name. He's the AD. He's, he's doing a phenomenal job. Brings in Sam Pittman, who has, like, a lineman coach for Georgia. Everybody couldn't believe that he was bringing him in because, you know, like, he, he never had, like, a solid coaching career. All right, I'm going to hop in and say he never had a, a head coach career. But, like, this just shows, this goes to show, like, the media will say something, 
But if you trust the leadership of even in this situation, the athletic director, he saw something in Sam Pittman. And let me tell you, like Sam Pittman is probably the best coach we've had, even from a moral standpoint. I mean, I'm going to like just, I'm going to give you the last four coaches at Razorback, okay? The Razorback football team. You had Houston Nutt, who was originally a Razorback fan. And Houston Nutt, in itself, he was cocky. Like, Houston Nutt just had this kind of swagger about him. Here's what Houston Nutt did. He ended up texting, dating, and having a relationship with a news anchor at a station when he was, in mar- when he was married. And, like, you can't do that in Arkansas. So then we had to fire him. And then Houston Nutt went to Old Miss. And we played a game with them. And I was at the game. And I'll never forget it because it's the first time I've ever seen a referee called offensive pass interference, which cost us the game. Very frustrating. Number two, then who we had yet? It wasn't Bobby Petrino, was it? I think it was Bobby Petrino. Bobby Petrino in itself, like I could be all over the place here, but we have Bobby Petrino. I think that's who we had. Like the crazy part is, is I'm staying in this amazing house and I like to do podcasts in this one office and the office is a baller office. Like when you think of like a masculine office, this is it. However, it doesn't get any Wi-Fi. So it's like really weird to like not have Wi-Fi. That's the type of world we live in. But anyways, you have Bobby Petrino. Bobby Petrino, freaking great coach, passing of a pass offense, West Coast offense. Essentially, what happens to him is he like. Long story short, he falls in love with the strength and conditioning coach at Arkansas. They're shacked up in a little love shack. Okay. The strength and condition, like, let me tell you, Bobby Petrino is like 5'7", okay? He is a little guy. The strength and conditioning coach was like a 6'4 dude that teaches D1 athletes how to be a beast. Why? Like, why? Like, this is what I don't get about people in power whenever they, like, just they're boosting their ego. It drives me insane. So then he's shacked up with this woman, and apparently, like, like, he was on a, like, I don't know what the, how old the story is. There's multiple stories now. But he hopped on a motorcycle, okay, drove away, and they think the strength and conditioning coach potentially could have ran him in a ditch. So then, like, you get this situation where the next day, he is, like, in a neck brace 10 years ago talking about it, and he got fired because of his transgressions. So it's like, what is going on? It's like, people can't seem to handle the power. Then... Like, you have this interim coach. I was overseas. I never watched that team. He's from Michigan State. He was crazy. We fired him. I'm not even going to say his name. Then you have, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe I'm drawing a blank. You look like Beavis from Beavis and Butthead. Oh, God, what was his name? Coach. Coach. All right, I'm going to go outside and re-Google it. Or it'll just come back to me. Coach Bielma. Like, Bielma at first had, like, a swagger about him. He came in, he like at one point in time had the biggest offensive line in NFL history. Like I'm sorry, he had the biggest offensive line in all the NFL NFL, even in the NFL and college. You had Ryan Mallett, who was six foot five, a prospect, came in from Texarkana. I mean the boy had Schwager, he played in Michigan, he had a little bit of a bad attitude, but he could throw the ball. But in my opinion, he was never good in the clutch. He was good when the game was going well. But that guy, 
you know, he like came in, he had some fire at first, kind of building the program. Came in from Wisconsin. You know, Wisconsin beat us that year. Everybody was mad. Okay, and then Bobby Petrino comes in, and Bobby Petrino's a lush. I mean, there's so many rumors of him just drinking and getting hammered at Theo's, which is on Dixon Street. And, like, smoking cigars and being thrown out. Long story short, like, eventually his program just bombs, okay? And then ushers in the era of Chad Morris, which was literally the worst time ever in my life in Arkansas football. We lost to Western Kentucky, okay? Western Kentucky. We lost to San Antonio Los Lobos. I can't even remember the name. Okay, the games we lost were horrendous. Arkansas was literally the laughing stock of the SEC. Okay, I mean, like you can't even you can't even begin to tell you as an Arkansas fan what it meant to like wake up during the Chad Morris days, watch football on Saturday, and be absolutely miserable because you would watch these games and you couldn't even believe it. And that's when Texas A and M rolled in. Texas A and M has beat Arkansas nine years in a row. We used to dominate them. Okay. Then you have Missouri State coming in who used to dominate us. And you're like, you're not like, what is your team is ridiculous. And then Alabama steps up and they're just dominating. And then like you lose and it's like, you know, I I know certain people aren't into sports and that's fine. But like whenever you have a team and you have all these memories, especially watching it with your family, like I was with my brothers on Thanksgiving Day back in the day whenever Arkansas used to play Louisiana for the boat boot. And I never forget when Darren McFadden had seven overtimes and after the game he was with Houston Nutt and all he could say was I got that wood and he had a little wooden bat. And I had no idea what it meant, but I was so hyped. I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, so that's the type of passion like you put into it. And I've watched so many games. If I had a hobby on Saturday and like I put as much time as I did in the Razorbacks, like I might be halfway good at it. Like maybe I'd be like halfway good at podcasting if I put as much time into it. But I digress. The point is, is like you can like there might be a Disney movie one day and there is a Disney movie about um, Arkansas. But that's a different story. But a Disney movie where you, you have this. Sam Pittman come in, and Sam Pittman has Southern swagger. Like, if you are going to coach in Arkansas, there's got to be a couple things you have to have. Number one, you got to have integrity, okay? You, when people show up, they got to be able to trust you. They got to be able to look at you and know you have leadership. Number two, you got to be able to stand up for your players. It's like, you know, the thing about Sam Pittman and the thing about a football program is you want to have to be able to fight. You want to fight for your coach. You know, you want to be there and be consistent. Number three, you got to be able to mentor your players, okay? And number four, they got to like you, you know? And it's like Sam Pittman came in and immediately he has that likable factor. He's coming in saying, this is the last job I ever want to have at Arkansas. And it's so much so that, like, when I turn on my Facebook post now, people are quoting Sam Pittman from Arkansas. Like, that's how embedded he is right now in our culture. It's not like anything else. And, like, the whole nation is talking about Razorback football. Like, this back, like this to me feels almost as good or better than when Darren McFadden and Felix Jones played. And you had, you had Mustang on there, and that's when you had Gus Malzahn as the offensive um, coordinator because they brought in Mustang from um, Springdale. Look, I don't know that much about Arkansas football. I'm not like I'm not like Trey Biddy over here going all and on and on. But the point is I'm trying to make is that's the type of culture you have with Arkansas football. Like the thing is you got to understand about the South is when you don't have an NFL team, 
like college is everything and you like you can't like Saturdays are more important than Sundays. I have so many more college football memories than I do NFL memories. It's like I didn't grow up with that culture. So I like I don't even have an NFL team. Like I love watching the NFL. You know, I love watching players. I love seeing how, you know, the competition plays out. But if you ask anybody from Arkansas, the majority of them are going to watch Razorback football. The ones that don't, I just can't even begin to go into it. But the point I'm trying to make here is Sam Pittman rolls in, okay? Last year, we almost beat – we lost to Alabama by one touchdown, 9-5. Like, like the tenacity of this program now. You got Bumper Pool. Like, Bumper Pool, I don't know what world he comes from, but that guy hits people like he just loves it. He's a strong safety, a big boy. Dad named him Bumper Pool. He knew. He knew. Okay. Then now you got Sanders, Darian, David, Dustin. D. Sanders coming in. And that dude is a he came from the transfer portal from Alabama and he's just lighting people up. You know, and it's like this transfer portal for Arkansas is really making us like get some things. You got Rocket Sanders now playing, like playing, you know, lights out. You got 160 yards. Then you got KJ Jefferson, who's a six. Foot four, 240 football quarterback player. I can't even think. Just running people over. You know, it's like, you know, now this Arkansas team, like when people are scared. You know, we played Cincinnati, which was a top 25 team. Beat them. It's a great game. Played South Carolina in our SEC opener. Beat them. And it's like now you know as an Arkansas fan, you're like at this point where you have forgotten. You've forgotten what it's like. To be in those Chad Morris days. You don't even want to remember him. Now you're looking at the team and you're just like, oh my. It just makes you so proud. I don't even know what it is. It's like, it's so interesting how I can have nothing to do with the team other than watching him. I've never trained with him. I don't know anybody there. I don't know. I couldn't even like, but it's so interesting how I feel so connected to it through my memories. And that's kind of what sports does. And then like, it casts me out into the, changing his other idea about how, Sports is such a fundamental part of American culture. And I say that because I have now been in other places in the world. And, you know, people play sports, obviously. But it's like when I was in China and I was a teacher, I would teach. I literally had classes that I teach about the importance of sports. And in my ultimate opinion, what makes us different as a country with our competitive edge is the fact that people are really into sports and competitive has a competitive nature. It's like. You know, here, like the other day, I played this game called um, Paddle, which is this Mexican game. And I went with my um, wife's cousin, who was like much younger than me. And we played the other two guys and we beat them. Like, we beat them. We played for an hour and a half and we beat them every single game. And like, there wasn't that level of like, I'm going to say like shit talking. It was like really like kosher and it really weirded me out because I'm like if I was playing this game with a bunch of American guys like the amount of talking that was going to be ridiculous like it goes in there like playing Madden football and like you were playing Madden football and I used to play Madden football all the time and like you just get so competitive and it's like I think there's something about that within our culture because people want to say oh the United States you know I used to have a German foreign exchange student and he's like what's the you know how is you know playing yogurt and the United States the same. And he'd say something like they don't have any culture. And I was like, ha, ha, ha. But he's German, so I don't know what to tell you. But the point I'm trying to make is like sports are so important. And that like brings me to another thing. It's like so I bought the 
UFC package and watched watching Ecuador Nate Diaz's fight. And, you know, it was, like, great watching him. I really wanted to see him fight Chimaya because he didn't make weight, which is just insane. Like, I don't know how, as a fighter, you don't make seven pounds. Like, if you see Patty the Batty, like, he'll literally tell you, he's like, my only job is to make weight, and I get to fight for fun. So it's, like, it's really weird to see it, and the fact that he didn't get fined for it, and he got a fight, and, like, and it cost the UFC more, I don't know, it's really strange. But... The way Nate Diaz choked him out in that takedown when he came to the left, like, you could tell he's training for that in his camps because, Jemaya, that's how he's beaten everyone. Like, it's like if you look at the fight that he had this weekend, dude man went to go touch clubs with him, and Jemaya just went for the takedown and choked him out. I couldn't believe it. Like, to me, it's like, yeah, he won, but it's like he didn't have any integrity. It's like, come on, man. It's like you've got to go in and just do it like that. But at the same time, I mean, it was a ridiculous fight, but the guy made 100 grand. Like, could you imagine making 100 grand just to get beat? Like, it's kind of like, us cool, but people, I don't know what that's like, you know, it's like, it's interesting, because, like, if, like, changing topics to the UFC, like, you're one individual, you look at football, it takes a whole unit, so, like, I kind of think about that a lot, but what else do I got? I thought I had something else. I think that's it. I think that's my... Sports ramblings for the night. I didn't have time to prepare. And y'all know, I mean, this is a grind. It's like you're if I'm making podcasts for 365 days, like there's there's just like a certain mindset that it takes. And it's like if you're gonna do one thing, the way you do one thing is the way you do all things, and the way I do one thing is I am consistent. I will show up. Some days I will be fire, some days I'll be mediocre, and some days I'll be cold. But the point is, is I'm still showing up. All right. And that's what it takes in life. And that's my little Monday motivation. So y'all get out there and get it. And I'll be here tomorrow.